Please join with me in prayer. O Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love and strength to follow on the path you set before us. Through Jesus Christ, amen. The book of Jeremiah was written during an intensely chaotic time. The Babylonian army had just conquered the Israelites and laid siege to Jerusalem. Prophet Jeremiah writes a pastoral letter to the exiled Israelites who were forcibly taken to Babylon in a series of exportation waves. He writes to combat false teachers who promised a speedy return home and to recognize the people's suffering and to encourage them to flourish in God's world. Listen for God's word to you today from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 1 and 4 to 11, found on page 687 of your pew Bible. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease. But seek the welfare, the shalom of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare will you find your welfare. For thus says the Lord God of hosts of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I do not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed, I will visit you, and I will fulfill my promise to you and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not to harm, but to give you a hope with future. This too is the word of the Lord. Jeremiah's career as a prophet had a rough start. Shortly after he received his call to renovate his community, Israel fell to Babylon. And while his people are carried away to Babylon, Jeremiah is left behind. He was deemed too unimportant to move. Despite all of this, 
he still tries to share God's message. So he writes to his community. Today's text is a part of Jeremiah's first letter, which he addresses to all the exiles. He does not write only to the head political leaders or religious leaders. Instead, he sends a letter for all of God's people. He writes a letter to encourage them all and to give them instructions for how they are to live going forward as foreigners in a new land. Jeremiah answers, what should we do with encouraging the people to trust God's promise? that God will be present with them and active in their daily lives to promote their welfare, their shalom, their peace, as well as the welfare of their enemies. Doing this is a significant risk for Jeremiah. Other religious leaders are telling the people what they want to hear. They tell the people that God will destroy the Babylonians and bring them home swiftly. However, God's word to Jeremiah is different. God's instructions to the Israelites encourage them to look after their own welfare and the welfare of their oppressors. Through Jeremiah, God proclaims concern for both the Israelites and the Babylonians during a stressful time for both nations. Jeremiah tells the people to settle in. They will not be coming home anytime soon. Jeremiah tells them to make the best of the situation by not only adapting and adjusting, but by flourishing under God's protective care. The Israelites are to build houses and plant gardens in a land that is not the land promised to them. They are to arrange marriages for their sons and daughters amongst the people who are not their own, who do not share their culture or faith. They are to pray and work for the welfare of a country that is not their own, a country that destroyed their city and their temple. In doing so, the people will live into the promise of God, that God is present in this new land in all aspects of their lives, physical, mental, and spiritual. Verse 11 concludes, only when the Israelites seek their own welfare and the welfare of their oppressors will God's promise be fulfilled and all will flourish in God's plan for prosperity and a hopeful future. It is important to acknowledge that this is not a fairy quest of all exiled people. When taken out of context, this scripture can lose its power of hope and promise in order to become a tool that serves the purposes of systemic oppression. God is not telling all people experiencing exile to accept and assimilate to the culture of their oppressors. Instead, God is encouraging a specific people at a specific time who believed that God was only concerned with their welfare to spend some time flourishing in another community for whom God was also concerned for. 
From this, we can learn to consider whom we exclude from our community. We are called to acknowledge that God is with them too. And God desires for all of us to flourish in a life full of God's love and hope and promise, living peacefully with all our neighbors and promoting the welfare of all. From the time of the Babylonian exile, our New Testament text takes us forward nearly 600 years to the time of Jesus. In the life and teachings of Jesus, we see again God's creative hand working for the redemption of all people, not just the Israelites, but for everyone. However, the Israelites are still struggling with the idea of God's concern extending beyond their community to the outsiders, to the pagans, to the Gentiles, and in today's text, to the lepers and to the Samaritans. Despite their history of exile, the people have returned to their old habits of privileging their welfare over the welfare of another community. As a result, they cast people outside of their walls, people who are not welcomed. Among those cast out were people diagnosed with leprosy, covering a variety of skin diseases. These people were called lepers and were forced out of the community to live by specific rules of alienation. Lepers had to stand at a distance and yell, unclean, unclean, to advertise to everyone to avert their ways. Lepers were not able to hold jobs, worship in the temple, have contact with their family, or touch anyone. Yet, in a New Testament text from Luke, we hear of Jesus challenging these assumptions of whose welfare God is concerned for. On his final journey to Jerusalem, Jesus is walking between two major urban societies, Samaritan in the south and Galilee in the north. Jesus is bringing the good news of God's concern for the welfare of all people. The ten shout to Jesus from a distance. Undoubtedly, they have heard of Jesus and Jesus' miracles as they address a master and cry out, Eleison, pleading for God's mercy. And Jesus listens. Jesus expresses concern for those whom society has been sent away and rejected. Jesus heals all ten people. He tells them to go and show themselves to the priests who have the power to declare them clean and to restore them to their community. The ten are able to rejoin society again, begin their lives again, and return to their families. They leave rejoicing. However, one turns back. Along with being diagnosed with leprosy, he is also a Samaritan, a foreigner. Religious laws and cultural laws prohibited Israelites from interacting with Samaritans. 
Israelites viewed Samaritans with disdain due to their religious and cultural differences. Yet Jesus, Jesus recognizes this Samaritan suffering too. Jesus is concerned for his welfare and his redemption too, despite his minority status. It appears that the Samaritan returns because he has seen the two miracles Jesus performed. He sees that he is healed and is able to rejoin his community, even as a Samaritan. And providing mercy to lepers and to a Samaritan, Jesus showed that God's plan in Jeremiah is still relevant. God's concern for the welfare of God's people still reaches beyond Israel to include the welfare of others. This is surely good news for us. We are named and claimed by God. Yet, although we live in a time that feels distant from the time of Jeremiah and Jesus, our society still looks much the same. We are tempted to claim God's promise for ourselves and to exclude others, to continue living our lives unchanged. Despite living in a multicultural world that is growing ever the more connected, we still exile. We still want to control who is in and who is out, and whose welfare is privileged over others. It is challenging to go against this norm it requires taking steps outside of the safety of our homes and of our church to be like the Israelites journeying to a new land and to be like Jesus walking outside cities where lepers and foreigners live. Yet, by doing so, we will be living into our call to bring God's good news to all. For those who are exiled, this message brings hope of freedom from oppressors. For those holding power, God's message is an affliction requiring the end of oppression. We are called to boldly proclaim that everyone is within God's care, oppressed and oppressor, that God has a plan to promote the welfare of all people. And we believe that God is already at work. God is already amongst us, working for peace and a hopeful future. And we are called to take part. We are called to seek the welfare of all people, for our welfare is intertwined with them. We are called to care for those inside our church and outside our church. For those who announce, who pronounce adherence to our way of religion and for those who do not. For those who speak our language and for those who do not. Who are the Babylonians, the lepers, the Samaritans of the 21st century? Who are we called to share God's good news of all-embracing care? Today we have the opportunity 
to welcome two new baptized members to our church community. We will promise to look after their welfare and to teach them to look after the welfare of others. We will affirm that God has a call on all our lives and no one can be excluded from God's family. We will declare that Jesus came into the world, not just for a few Presbyterians, but for the entire world. Let us remember these promises that we make today, that under God's guidance, we will embrace all. And let us remember God's ageless promise that by seeking the welfare of our neighbors, friends, and enemies, we will be participating in God's plan for hope and flourishing. Empowered on our journey by the guidance of God the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Sustainer, may it be so. Amen.